1: Your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every
0: day. Support for this podcast comes from Healthnetics. Do you have nagging aches and pains from your younger, more athletic days? Healthnetics CBD is a premium brand CBD that may help take care of aches and pains. As well as relieve anxiety and sleeplessness. Healthnetics products are all natural, THC free, made in the USA, and undergo third-party lab testing to ensure quality and purity. All CBD is not the same. Order today with a money-back guarantee at healthnetics.com and use promo code SPORTS for 20% off.
2: I'd give a rat's ass about Twitter.
1: what's better than this guys being dudes here on the draft dudes podcast presented by locked on it's joe marino and kyle krabs from the draft network and we are your hosts here on this monday edition of the show and my good friend kyle krabs the 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 co-host of this podcast and his miami dolphins have played nine games and folks they have more wins than losses but if you've listened to kyle uh, over the course of the last several weeks you would not you would not believe that. So Kyle, what's up? How are we doing? Victory Monday. Are you back on the wagon? What's going on?
2: Hell no, I ain't back on the wagon, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I watched this team I actually didn't watch a single snap of this this man, game on Sunday, but I don't know uh, about you man. My life is better for it. Because I can't get emotionally invested in games like that. You know, I can turn on LSU Alabama, and watch the the Tide just curb stomp a top five team in the country. And I'm fine with it. You know, I can look for those little bright flashes of players like Quentin Williams, who we're going to talk about on today's show, and find enjoyment in watching that football game. But when I deep down in my core have a rooting interest in a game, I can't enjoy (laughs) anything else about it. You know, it's just I get swept right away with the ebbs and flows. It's the competitive factor in me, I suppose. But no, I'm not back on the bandwagon. I don't I don't have any teal and orange up in my man cave downstairs. I actually tend to a picture, Joe. I know. I am per- permanently proofing my man cave of any apparel for teams that have my heart by putting up all my old paraphernalia from... High school football, semi-pro football, my jerseys—these these things are going on the walls, and I'm fine with it. I'm fine with
1: it, Kyle. I, this is—I'll be honest with you—this is one of the mysteries of you that I just—I have a hard I'm a time with. Guy. Like yeah. you are like, and I get it because you and I have we travel a lot and, and spend a lot of time together, but not necessarily when football games are happening. So we haven't watched a lot of live football games together. Is as, as odd as that may sound, except for. Whenever we go to Mobile, we travel in on Sunday, and so we watch the conference championship games together. Typically, and normally, we don't typically care who's going to win the game. You know, certainly neither of our teams are anywhere. Anyway, you were playing in those, but last year it was the Jaguars, and and you were very, very much wanting Jacksonville to win that game, and and I and I got a taste of it. Right, I got a taste of this animal inside of you. Yeah. Um, and that, that I can only imagine is much worse when when the Dolphins are playing. But like, I, I just you have no I, idea. I, I well, I, what is that? What, have I seen 30 percent of it with that Jaguars game? Because I was a little uncomfortable watching it with you.
2: Uh, <laughs> it's on a di- it's on an entirely different level when it's my actual. Uh,
1: I don't understand. It's, but that's the thing is you're a fan of a winning team through nine games and, and, like, I know I you love the Dolphins, but you just don't watch them. Like, what is that, man?
2: I can't emotionally. I, I don't have the time and the energy to emotionally <laughs> invest myself in that football. <sighs> because I know how the story ends. The story's ended the <sighs> same way for
1: 15 years. So what do you think about You must think I'm just, like, out of my mind, Kyle. I've not missed a Bears game since 97. 97, you're a Kyle.
2: lunatic to sit down for four hours on a Sunday and watch your team scratch out Less than 10 points. That, look, we got to nine today. How many touchdowns had the Bills scored in the last five games, Joe?
1: One. It was beautiful. You're it out was, of your mind. <laughs> how can lo- you watch that shit? I love it. I love it. I, I watch it because I want to see Trey White, Matt Milano, and Deion Dawkins. I don't know what to tell you. I, I want to be part of the process. But
2: that, Last that's year was it, so you, fun.
1: They were nine and seven. And we've got to the playoffs for the first time in seventeen years. It is the best thing that ever happened for football fan career for me. And since you know 90, well, 99, I guess I don't. Know, I got to be part of it. I got to. I got to take it in. I, I. I can't just. I can't just not. I no. I. I can't. I can't do how it. How many?
2: How many? Good seasons of being a fan of a football team can you remember in your lifetime? <laughs>
1: Um, I mean, yeah. So the Super Bowl stuff was was very. I mean, I was like five, six, seven, and eight. So I'm not going to count that. Uh, Ninety five. I do remember the Bills winning the division. Uh, Ninety nine, the year that uh, Music City Miracle. Uh, last year, three times, three times, and last and year was the, nine and seven. Back to one of those, the playoffs.
2: <laughs> and one of those three seasons is a nine and seven season that they didn't score a touchdown in a playoff game.
1: Yeah. Yep. But guess what I'm going to do next Sunday against the New York Jets with probably Nathan Peterman starting at quarterback again. I'm going to be right there. I'm not like sitting there like emotionally like wanting them to win the game and like the rest of my day is ruined, but I'm not going to, I'm not, going to not watch it. It's just not going to happen.
0: Valentine's Day is just around the corner, and it's only fitting that this important interruption is brought to you by Manscaped. Manscaped is the best in men's below-the-belt grooming. Have you thought about what you're getting your loved one this year? Or maybe you wanna give the gift of sweet smelling Grundle Bliss to your partner. I'm talking about the Manscaped Perfect Package 3.0. Whether you're the only one who gets to see what's going on down there or you're one of many, do you, your partner, and everyone else a favor and introduce yourself to this revolutionary company. Manscaped just launched their brand new Perfect Package. Inside the Manscaped Perfect Package, you'll find their lawnmower 3.0 trimmer, which features skin-safe technology and will prevent you or your man from cutting his nuts. Speaking of smelling nice, let's be real – No one wants to carry around that locker room smell with them. That's why I am thankful for the Crop Preserver and Crop Reviver. These products keep your crotchal region from sweating, smelling, and sticking. The perfect package will also come with a pair of Manscaped boxer briefs that'll keep that junk feeling fresh all day. It's time to upgrade those overused pair of boxers
2: Yeah, I mean, that that's the difference, is I'm not interested in moral victories and player assessment in the heat of the moment. I can go back and watch a game after I know what the end result is, right? Because there there's no mystery here. I know what to expect. No. And that's kind of with the season. I, I would prefer to just let it be done and then pick up and, and see what needs to change with this, this roster. I could tell you the depth of the roster in question is terrible. And the quarterback situation in the roster in question is terrible. Then you go out and you watch guys like Patrick Mahomes and Joe Grees <laughs> and it's just night and day. They're playing a totally different sport. Yep. That's the most depressing thing. Yeah. It's because I, I want I'm jealous of those fans, of those teams. They get to it's they not- get to they, they get into a situation where you're down a score late in a game and you feel your chance legitimately you have legitimate confidence that your team's going to make a push and make a run i'm sitting there gripping white <laughs> knuckles on my armrest <laughs> expecting my team to shit their pants like what do you want me to do
1: it's not cyclical either you know this right it's it's no. not so, cuz it's been it's been my turn it's been your turn it's been the browns fans turns it's it's been a lot of people's turns for a long time and it it just doesn't it's not it doesn't matter I think,
2: and the Colts go from Peyton Manning to Andrew Luck.
1: Aaron and Rodgers go from
2: yeah. Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers.
1: And the and the Patriots went from Tom Brady to Tom Brady to Tom Brady. You know?
2: Yeah. So, <laughs> so no, I mean that that is the core difference between you and I, though. Oh. Is you you're able to latch onto those peripheral pieces of watching a football game, and I can do it with any other game in the world. Except for when the Miami Dolphins play, which is five, and four.
1: I, five and four, the Miami five Dolphins. and four
2: Miami Dolphins that, you know, couldn't score a touchdown to save their life. Brock Osweiler's the starting quarterback. Do you one know game. six, do you know, six out of the last eight seasons, the Miami Dolphins have reached eight games at four and four.
1: Did you know that the Miami Dolphins are one game back of the AFC wildcard spot and it's the Bengals in the way? You just have to be better than the Bengals, Kyle. Yeah,
2: Here's the deal. First of all, congratulations on winning our Broncos Bengals bet.
1: Uh, well, because a, lot, the Denver a lot of seasons. Broncos left.
2: could not coach their way out of a paper. Bag.
1: I'm not crowning myself yet on that. I'm but crowning
2: I... you. I'm crowning. Okay. You, I'm telling you, I'm crowning you. All right. Uh, the Sammy Watkins dream for you is over. No, Mitch, it's not. Trubisky watch is still alive and well. Thirty
1: eight ninety eight.
2: The current pace, thirty eight ninety eight. Joe, he played the toughest secondary he'll face all year on Sunday.
1: That my God, I'm smiling listening to you say that. 135 passing Let me say it's not Mitch because I, I got <laughs> I got a chance to watch Mitch, and and I think I I like some I like his decision making. I do. He misses throws, man. His accuracy is not there right now, so yeah. um, he's got to get better. I'll tell you that. I mean, he's he's doing some good things statistically, and there's some situational stuff like his like his mental side. Like some of the decisions he made, some of the, especially on third down, I thought his third down decisions were really strong. But he's he's got to be a little more consistent with that ball placement. Yeah, but 135 yards was uh, exactly what I needed for that bet to swing good. in my favor. You're yeah,
2: feeling really good.
1: Then. Yeah, especially with the Washington Huskies already doing their thing for me. But what do you want to get into, Kyle? We've we've had the longest introduction. Ever. No,
2: this is this is this is casual. Football talk between two football guys. We could, you know, how big of football guys are? We could run the Cleveland Browns. That's how big of football guys we are, right? Because that was the big appeal to John Dorsey when he got hired there and they got rid of Sashi Brown. It's, oh, thank God we get a football guy. And then the football guy went out and drafted the quarterback that all the analytics love. That's that's a little cruel irony uh, for I know some some folks who. we're really adamant on, say, a Josh Allen or a Sam Darnold being the pick at number one. But Joe, you know, let's let's switch over to the college side briefly. We want to take about uh, maybe another fifteen minutes here on the show. Let's try and split this right down the middle. All right. We'll spend some time. We'll invest some time in the college game, and uh, let's talk about the dynamics first and foremost of LSU-Alabama, as we said at atop the show, this was a curb stomping. This game got very, very ugly, very, very quickly. How does that change your perception of LSU? Um, and I'm not sure how much of the game that you watched because I know you had some commitments this weekend.
1: <laughs> but um, yep.
2: fall weddings are the devil.
1: Yeah, but, the devil. Um,
2: I know Greedy Williams didn't have his best game. So I'm just curious what takeaways you had based on how much you were able to catch up on this football game.
1: Man, I got a lot of takeaways because this was the game I decided to catch up on. Beautiful. Um, I got to give John Ledger credit for this take. I've thought about it all week. But I, he, he probably put it better than I, I could have. He said, beating Alabama is not about how good your defense is. It's about how good your offense is. And so LSU, with a very modest offense, not a lot of explosive ability, a game manager and Joe Burrow, you know, just kind of prides itself on not making mistakes and, and being sound situationally. Not not going to beat Bama. Not even at Death Valley, where dreams go to die. It's just not going to happen. But my my notable takeaways here, Kyle. I mean, obviously, we can continue to just talk about how exciting Alabama's offense is. Now they have a quarterback and those two receivers, Rugs and, and Judy, are just special. Irv Smith, Irv Smith is is really a dynamic player at tight Stunned. end. He's yeah, I mean, he's kind of like top 50 type talent, in my opinion. You know, the more and more he plays, the more and more dynamic he looks. And so I just think that this this weaponry with Tua is so, so special. Um, But the one thing that my big takeaway was was Quinton Williams. Uh, What do you have? 13 tackles, three and a half for a loss, two and a half sacks. The kid's unblockable. He's been unblockable for all season. And now the playmaking is really starting to be there. And, And it's interesting because Alabama's really put a lot of defensive linemen in in the NFL, uh, Sean Robinson, Jerron Reed, Duron Payne, very long list. Tim Williams, and and the thing about all of those guys is none of them really had the production. Maybe John Allen did. You know, John Allen was a playmaker, and he's battled some injuries early on. And I'm very optimistic about the player that John Allen's going to be. But you got this this guy in Quentin Williams who's so technically refined. He's so powerful. He's so quick, and he's making the plays right. And I just think he's special. Like I think you, you guys have heard me talk about Ed Oliver being. Yeah, you know, I started off with that. Oliver is my number one prospect over Joey or Nick Bosa, uh, and I in my last top hundred that came out on Friday, I actually went Bosa over Oliver, Oliver, at two, uh, uh, Oliver, and I and 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 before the LSU game, I had Quentin Williams at two. So I have this right now is Bosa, Williams, and Oliver top three prospects in this class, and it's 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 really it, uh, Quentin Williams is just playing at a level. That forces me to do it. The biggest Ed Oliver fan there is, I have no choice but to slot Williams higher. He's he's just special.
2: And you know what's annoying about that is people are going to ask you specifically. Yeah. Hey Joe, what what's Ed Oliver not doing for you that he's <laughs> dropping on your board? Yeah. Like I three. <laughs> I I had Ed at six. Yeah. Okay. And I had several people that that questioned me and were pretty skeptical of the ranking of Ed Oliver. Being ranked sixth on my big board, and at the end of the day, he's ranked sixth. Yeah, right. Like that's an extremely high ranking for an extremely good football player. But if you're, if no matter how you order those first couple slots, you shouldn't have to justify. The guy started out at one. He's been outperformed, and that's putting it. No, that's probably a little cruel to say because Ed has put. Terrific numbers up all year. He's been extremely pro- disruptive and productive mm-hmm. all year. But you look at Quentin Williams, and I, I agree with you because Quentin Williams is also ahead of at o- Oliver for me. Uh, Quentin was my third prospect when I updated my my top one hundred big board on Thursday. You did yours on Friday. Uh, he's been the biggest riser of any prospect in college football this year, mm-hmm. and he came mm-hmm. into the year in, with almost no tape. So when you get a guy and you, you take a guy that played extremely sparing snaps, you put him in a full-time role, and he does what Quinton Williams does, yeah, it's going to change the dynamic. It's going to open your eyes. And you might value that player above uh, what you do uh, previously because you don't have all the information. And I th- that's something that I think people lose some sight of is that this is a very fluid process. Yes. This will be a, continue to be a very fluid process until you get a chance to watch all the players on tape. Because I could have, I could feel like my top 20 is set in February. And then I get to a guy I've, I've watched very little tape on. And I, if I watch that tape and he blows me away, guess what? If I rank him as a top 20 player, everybody that's rank, ranked below him and below that spot, they're going to drop a spot on the big board. Doesn't mean they did anything wrong. It's right. just I like somebody else.
1: This is NFL Under Review, local experts on the biggest NFL stories. Kyle, I got somebody came after me. Um, didn't come after. That's not the right word. Somebody questioned me and said, Why are you low on David Montgomery? It's- David Montgomery's 60th on my board. What are you talking about? I'm low. Well, Kyle, Kyle had him 30 something. <laughs> okay.
2: Yeah, okay. Why, why are you so low on David Montgomery?
1: I look. It's a joke. It's a joke. It's a joke. It's a joke. <laughs> you have him, him 32. Actually, I'm looking at it right now. Yeah. Kyle. Speaking. Speaking of the the big board, and and there's two players that had a really awesome. Weekend again, and, and the highlight reel type plays continue to come from Arizona State wide receiver Nikhil Harry and Iowa State wide receiver Akeem Butler, both really big dudes that are mossing people left and right. It's yep. been exciting to see Nikhil Harry. Uh, well, it's kind of exciting and not exciting, but he's making plays like after the catch, like his punt return. Well, well that's not after the catch, but a situation with the ball in his hands. And then just a couple of times this year where he just made plays like that you don't expect Cut in terms back of winning post
2: set up some yeah. blocks. Yeah,
1: it's 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 interesting, right? And so, like at the same time, neither me nor you are like, hey, this is a top twenty player. So, like maybe you, you have some insight on in this, like to talk about what it is about these two guys that, we're, you know, we're not saying these are the next top five, top ten caliber wide receivers. Like, what 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 do you, what do you make of these two guys?
2: All right, so Nikhil, I mean Nikhil's top twenty five player on my board. For me personally, I don't really pound the table for Nikhil because I was high on Nikhil coming into the year. Nikhil's mm-hmm. been, in every rendition of the big board that I've had, Nikhil's been top 30 player. So it's not really a surprise to me. I've been a fan of his. I got a chance to see him up close in person last September when I went out to see Oregon play Arizona State in Arizona State, a game that uh, Arizona State actually upset Oregon, who was ranked at the time at home, and Nikhil had a huge game in that game too. So I've seen up close and personal what he can do. I know some of the comps for him are like the Alshon Jeffries of the world. Nikhil's way looser than that, man. Like for me, Alshon is prototypical size, big contested catch guy, big catch point, can elevate and go vertical, and Nikhil can do those things. But I think it's the situations after the catch that really allow him to showcase that I think he's on a different level as far as how you would value him as a player and why – He's a player that's a top 25 rated player for me is he can take a short pass, cut back across the field, make a guy miss, set up a couple blocks, then turn up the sideline. He did it in the first month of the season against, you know, sister Mary school of the blind and ran it back for a touchdown. Uh, If there are any listeners from any sister Mary school of the blinds, I apologize. It's just a figure of speech. It wasn't actually against you. I don't remember who it was against off the top of my head, and we're on, on the clock here, so I'm, I'm a little pressed for time. Uh, as far as Hakeem Butler, uh, I haven't seen the extent of Hakeem Butler is what I have from Nikhil Harry, but mm-hmm. big dude, right? Like, this is the guy that pounds the tar out of you at the catch point. That highlight touchdown that he had this past weekend where he mossed that dude, Yeah, I mean, that was that was vicious, after the catch, when he stiff armed that guy and he held that ball out there, and just threw that guy to the ground—I mean, that was mean. That's the kind of power play that I'm like, oh yeah, that—that's a big time possession receiver. I haven't really looked into his route running skills yet, so I, I don't have the—I don't have enough film on him to really pound the table for him, if that makes sense. I've seen what he can do, but I haven't put him under the microscope to the extent that I would need to. To put Hakeem Butler in that stratosphere as a prospect,
1: and you think about also J.J. Arcega-Whiteside and Colin Johnson, and we've got some big dudes, man, in this class. And yeah. you know, it's it's interesting because I'm always a little gun shy with them because you just don't you just don't know, right? You just don't know which one of these is going to be next, Calvin Benjamin, and that's my fear, right? And so. Right. I'm going to spend a lot of time with Brad Kelly here in the coming months talking through these guys and uh, making sure that I value them properly because we've got some big receivers that are really dynamic at the catch point and seem to move pretty well for their size. But, uh, you know, making sure I have the proper valuation is going to be one of my biggest tasks here in the coming months. Amen to that.
2: Joe, should we switch over and talk about the pro game a little bit here?
1: Yeah, just as long as it's not the Bills or Dolphins.
2: No, no I'm not interested in talking <laughs> about bad football. Games today. Um, let's see. Saints
1: Rams and Saints Rams. See that Saints Rams?
2: I mean, yeah, it turned into a Big Twelve game, didn't it?
1: I guess that's kind of what I expected. Um, I about expect Marcus Peters, man. Points. Eighty points is a lot Marcus. of points. It is. It is. But you have two very outstanding passing offenses, great quarterbacks, great coordinators. But my biggest takeaway right now is just that I think that Marcus Peters is cooked, man. I, I, he, he's playing bad. Like, he's a liability out there. It's, and and I, I've seen it. I watched a lot of the Rams this year. And I continue to see, like, him just continue to give up play after play. But when Michael Thomas just cooked him and it's like he didn't the, you know, care. the cell phone thing. After, yeah. makes you makes us think well maybe we shouldn't have been so critical of the chiefs (laughs) when they gave him away for a ham sandwich based on the way he's played in the past i mean they need a keep to lead to come back and be a keep to lead because um they're gonna have to beat the saints if they want to be the nfc champion they're gonna have to beat the saints they're gonna beat probably green bay you know and so um it's it's one of those things where i'm worried about that secondary a little bit right now
2: joe what do you what do you think of this recent buzz about John Harbaugh being on the hot seat in Baltimore.
1: Oh, son, come on now. Like, the, unbelievable. 10 seasons, a Super Bowl championship. He's 10 to 5 in the postseason. He's had one losing season in 10 years. I don't even but know all why the, we're all talking they're talking about it.
2: All they're talking about is they haven't made the playoffs since what, like 04 or 2014? Four seasons. 2015? Four seasons. Four seasons. And wow. I mean, I, I we I, talk I, about all time playoff crowds, right? Oh, four seasons.
1: Uh, yeah, dude, I was uh, I was having some productive discussions on twitter.com with with some fine Ravens fans earlier. And I'm just like, yeah, you, go ahead. Fire John Harbaugh and you can replace him with, you know, like Q Jackson or Vance Joseph or Ben McAdoo or Dirk Cutter or John Fox or Jeff Fisher. Like, no, you've got a guy that is proven a winner in this league. He's been right. handcuffed by that Joe Flacco contract. Joe Flacco was the first quarterback that got the stupid money, and it strapped that roster. All right, now, the, obviously, the future of this organization is Lamar Jackson and him being uh, a dynamic quarterback like we hope he can be. But this isn't a John Harbaugh problem. Right, crazy to right. me. One of the most respected coaches. like Unlike Greg Williams, Kyle, John Harbaugh would have four show up and sign the contract offers in January. No interview. <laughs> Right, like, come on, now this is this is asinine. You don't have resumes like that that you uh, should be able to to sign because they're fired. Crazy to me.
2: By the way, how many pro teams have offered you scouting gigs that you've turned down? I think I've lost count.
1: Twenty-seven. I, I'm 27. keeping a very wow. you, twenty-seven. Yeah.
2: What's holding the other five teams back?
1: Uh, well, it's not, well. The truth is, it's not every team. Um, a couple of them, multiple times. You just you know, can't oh, okay. Okay. can't take no for an answer. So, um, you know, you know, just full transparency on that.
2: It feels good to be wanted, doesn't it? Oh, for sure. You know who's not also wanted right now? Who? Sam Bradford. This man's been cut again, but not before he managed to swindle millions of dollars from the Arizona <laughs> Cardinals.
1: He's a rich man, man. His
2: agent, I hope he gets a great commission, dude. Because he's <laughs> done wonders. And I don't know, what is it about Bradford that makes him this kind of just universal appeal? Like, is it the the promise that, like, oh, yeah, we're the ones that are going to keep him healthy. We'll keep him up, right? Yeah.
1: Oh, could be my quarterback, right, very soon? Um, yeah, I don't know, man. I, th- I think it's it's this... It's this crave to have a quarterback in there that doesn't make you look silly and a belief that he could be that guy and hurt guys stay hurt man they just do and I thought that was a rich contract to begin with was like one year 20 million or something like that for Bradford um but it's it's that's where we're at in this league man where you, look at next year Tyrod someone's going to pay Tyrod Taylor 20 million 20 million dollars next season someone's going to pay Teddy Bridgewater 25 it's going to happen, man. It's where we're at. Fitzpatrick. Fitzpatrick, Fitzpatrick, will be fifteen plus, right? Yep. Just so that you don't look stupid at quarterback,
2: right? <laughs> All right, now it's where we're at man. Real quick, I yeah. want to go lightning round with you. I just had this spontaneous idea while you were talking oh, about the I'm excited st- stupid nature of quarterbacks, right? Yep. Part of the reason why there's the thirst around Brad, the Bradford types, right, is like there's teams that don't have quote unquote their guy right they, they're mm-hmm. desperate for an upgrade so yep. i'm gonna rip through all 32 teams real quick and all i want you to do is tell me if the guy that they have right now not maybe not starting this week you know and we're not counting injuries the guy that they're having right now is the guy five or six years from now
1: so the, the guy that we know is identified as their plan is a guy in five or six years correct all right this is going to be my honest opinions
2: yep and, and okay. there's no there's no fluff here, so you just got to say yes or no.
1: So this means that like this is likely saying that they're going to sign a, a contract extension with this team that they're on. Correct.
2: They're they're going to be getting another contract.
1: Wow. Okay. Okay. All right. This is this is going to be good. New England Patriots. No. Miami Dolphins. No. New York Jets. Yes. Buffalo Bills. Pass.
2: Buffalo Bills. <laughs> No. No. Kansas City Chiefs. Yes. L.A. Chargers. No. Denver Broncos. No. Oakland Raiders. No. Pittsburgh Steelers. Ben Roethlisberger. Cincinnati Bengals.
1: No. Baltimore Ravens. We're going to go with Lamar Jackson. I'll say yes. Go
2: go with Lamar. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Uh, Cleveland Browns. Yes. Houston Texans. Yes. Tennessee Titans. No. Indianapolis Colts. Yes. Jacksonville Jaguars. No. Washington Redskins. No. Philadelphia Eagles. Yes. Dallas Cowboys. No. New York Giants. No. LA Rams. Yes. Seattle Seahawks. Yes. Uh, Arizona Cardinals. Yes. San Francisco 49ers. Garoppolo.
1: Yes. Yes.
2: Uh, Mitch Trubisky. Yes. Minnesota Vikings.
1: Ah, uh, it's interesting because his uh, cousins. Yeah. Yes. Five yes. six years. Five six years from now. Yeah. I, yes. I. Yes. I'm good. Right. Are I'm you Bay Packers. It? Yes. Detroit Lions.
2: <sighs> Stafford's in year ten.
1: Oh, this is the hardest one yet. Five years. Um, yeah, he's there. Yes. New Orleans Saints. No, unfortunately.
2: Uh, Carolina Panthers. Yeah. Atlanta Falcons. Yes. Tampa Bay Buccaneers. No. Okay, so you named 16 teams. You named 16 teams and three of them were in the AFC.
1: So sixteen teams have their identifiable course at quarterback within for, for the next five or six. So years. For the
2: next five or six years, and three of them are in the AFC.
1: It's going to be some turnover, brother. Yeah, Teach your kids how to play quarterback.
2: It's going to get weird. <laughs> yeah. really you got
1: weird. a seventh a seventh grader that's uh, pushing six foot and uh, has some hands that can grip a ball. Man, yeah, get him right. in the backyard. Get and get start slinging the pill around. Get a ball. <laughs> There's that millions kid's hands to right be had right man. now. <laughs> right
2: now because those contract numbers are only going to go up yeah any parting thoughts for the folks at home um
1: the most important thing a team can do that needs a quarterback is make sure they get tua in 2020 and uh lawrence in 2021
2: give me lawrence 2021 <laughs> he's glorious just for the hair of the hair is wonderful. you know what else is wonderful this show hit subscribe on the draft dudes podcast we'd like to thank you for carving out some time on this victory Monday to listen to the draft Dudes podcast uh, make sure you swing over to the draftnetwork.com we got uh, additional big boards from Trevor Sikma and John ledger dropping we got a mock draft jo- dropping this week uh, so lots of exciting stuff now that we are into November and uh, this uh this draft push is really going to start to take off here in the next couple weeks Take that ride with us, Swing over DraftNetwork.com. Takes on takes Tuesday tomorrow. Make sure you hit us up on Twitter with the hashtag takes on take with your hot take. I'm at grinding the tape. Joe Marino, my partner on the show, is at the Joe Marino. Kyle Krabs with Joe Marino. Thanks so much, as always, for listening to the Draft Dudes podcast.